Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Anite Podcast. This is Season 6, Episode 13. I'm your semi-usual host, Proton Storm, and with me today, I have Wright Zeno. hey Requiem. Which basket sucks? And the Mama Luigi. First basket is the best. Oh, see, he's actually here to defend himself this time. I know, that makes yeah, it way less yeah, fun. Yeah, bitch, you can't go, can't go undefended now. Yeah. I mean, is that is you defending it better than being defenseless? Are you sure? Well, I am the primo fruits basket man in Anite, so I, I yeah, but you're you number one uh, fruits basket fan. Someone's got to do it. All my do fruits they? are in line. <laughs> so you've got all your fruits in one basket, huh? Uh-huh. On that all, note, all my fruits are of Grisaya. Today we will not be talking <laughs> about fruits basket, but rather we will oh. be discussing. Some currently airing anime because Fruits Basket has come to an end, unfortunately, regrettably. Uh, but before oh. we get into some currently airing anime that we're watching, uh, some really, really quick updates on the Anite blog. As many of you listeners know, this podcast is the official podcast of a medium blog, also called Anite, and you can read our much more eloquently written opinions there if you so choose. Uh, recently, we've had several different first impressions articles. Um, in the past couple of weeks since our last podcast episode, T Grip has written his first impressions article about the Duke of Death and his maid, which I highly recommend. We also have uh, a new author, Johan Berry. He's written a couple of articles recently, uh, and this is, I think, it's his third article for the site. He's written a first impressions about the anime Sunny Boy. And then we have longtime friend of the cast, if you will. Our friend Nomadic Deck has written uh, his first impressions about the Aquatope on White Sand. And his is almost like beyond an impressions article. This is like a 4,000 words. It's, it became more of like a, a full like piece on the show. So these yeah, are he three... DM'd me. He DM'd me yeah. while he was writing it. And I, the first impressions are supposed to be between like 900 and 1200 words. And he was like, yeah, I'm at about 3,500 so far. I was like, you go hard. Yeah. He, it. he went ham. It's basically a master's dissertation. Well, when we were, so he, I was talking with him about it when he was writing it um, too. And at first he was trying to make it a first impressions, but ended, but like after the first draft, he ended up retooling it. And cause he really focused in on like, the thematic importance of like place in the series mm-hmm. and in the end it almost felt like most of the essay was about that anyways so he ended up kind of like realigning it and just turning instead of like a standard impressions piece where you talk about several different things he kind of tied everything into this specific like thematic element that he was analyzing it's really good yeah it was really really interesting it's yeah. almost too good for the site. It's like I feel like it's like somebody, someone should be paying him for this level. I, I enjoyed yeah. his article more than I enjoyed the show. Devastating. A, br- a brutal blow to the the hundred or so animators working on 
Aquatope in shambles. Well, they need to get yeah. on Dex level, clearly. Yeah, they're working for free, too. <laughs> now that's a devastating blow. That's the, that's the <laughs> Wow. Now we're getting into some deep cuts. Um, there is one other article, though, uh, on top of these three impressions articles. And rec- it was recently T-Grip posted his article about anime soundtracks from the spring 2021 anime season. Uh, and so, I mean, he talks about everything from Sawano in 86 to his favorite. Um, he loves Megalobox Nomad, and he liked the first season of that quite a bit, too. So and then, of course, everything in between. If you want to know the other things on the list, you're going to have to check out the article. And I'm glad he mentioned Snow White notes in that because the shamisen oh, in that really made it unique. So good. Mm-hmm. For the first show that we'll talk about today, I want to give um, Right Zeno a chance to redeem the realist hero for us. What's the full title of this anime again? Uh, How a Realist Hero uh, Rebuilt the Kingdom. Okay, and you, you like this one, right? I do. Um, I'm not going to change anyone's mind about it. It's, it's glorious isekai trash. I mean, I'm, I've got no illusions about it. Yeah. So, uh, and for some context, by the way, um, within the kind of like author group of Anate, quite a few people read this in like our book club like a year or two ago, and many of them did not care for the original light novel. So, right, Zeno has got an uphill battle in the Anate chat on this particular series. It's a battle I've long decided not to actually fight. I just take pot shots from the hill every so often. Yeah. <laughs> So why do you why do you like it though? I have no idea. <laughs> I just I just enjoy oh, no. it. It's it's That's fun. I, oh no. I, I honestly I don't know why everybody I can't see what everybody else finds so offensive about it. So like I don't have anything to fire back with. I can't. Have you read the light novel? It was fucking yes. awful. I have no problems with it. It's fucking awful. I've watched the anime. I have no problems with it either. I don't understand what the issue is. I really don't. All right. right. What is bad about it, Requiem and Luigi? Well, I haven't seen the anime. I haven't seen the anime, but yeah, the, the, the light novel that we read was boring, turgid, bland, and written in like a fourth grade level. Ostensibly, it's about like. What is the main character's like job in the real world? He's a uh, student. Again? He was studying at university. Yeah, and he has like a, a lot of yet. knowledge of like economics and he was studying to be a civil servant. Yeah, yeah. So, oh, so he, he was knows, taking like, the the public yeah the Kulmuin exam. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, so he go he like gets cr- transported to this other world and uses all that like economics and financial knowledge to like rebuild the and, kingdom as the title says but that's and not psychology like that and doesn't philosophy, make... which is more important a lot of the time but yeah but that like for me at least it doesn't make for like an interesting story because you can write a good story about like like political intrigue and like economics and all that stuff in a fantasy world like mm-hmm. Game of Thrones is that kind of and other fantasy novels, but this just I don't think it does it very well. I just find it really dull and We did I mean, it before I, with, with Mao Yu. Yeah. The, Mao Yu blows this out of the water. I'm not even gonna argue with that one. Uh, that's one of my favorites. Um 
like there's another one I'm looking forward to that that could be getting an anime announcement any day now. Come on, guys, I'm waiting. So that is also wanna, going to blow this out of the water, but like that's neither here nor there. I want to take a stab at this. So having not seen the anime or read the light novels or anything, just based on like the conversation that I've gotten and what I know about the people involved, I'm wondering like. I know that, right, Zeno, you tend to enjoy series that have a lot of, like, explication about world building or, like, mechanics and that sort of stuff, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Um, I, speaking of, I think the thing that, that drew me into the, the novel itself, and I'm not sure if they kept this or if they translate it badly or what, because um, I'm pretty sure I read it before it got an official translation, so the official translation may have either... Uh, been more accurate or been less accurate, and I'm not sure which is worse. But um, it had footnotes at the end of every chapter of the lasting effects that this would have on history. Like, such and such episode became an anecdote that uh, was turned into a, a household idiom that everybody knew what the hell this meant. And, you know, this would, would go on to do this thing that is beyond the scope of the story, but it's an interesting historical footnote. So it it read like you were you were reading uh like a compilation of history books that was you know being written in the process but also like retrospectives from later historians analyzing it and it added some really cool perspective to it i thought so i don't know what happened that, to those that does sound interesting pushed. actually I, it it sounds like you haven't seen those so i don't know what happened to them uh, where did those go mm. yeah I'm just not enjoying it much. I also don't think it's particularly the... well made. Like I don't think like the production is My... kind of the, yeah um, the 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 animation yeah. quality isn't exactly you know super budget. Um, my biggest problem with the writing is um, it it he claims to be a student of the writings of Nietzsche, and like when you're talking about writing at a fourth grade level, that's about the level that the author is understanding the teachings. Of Nietzsche. <laughs> yeah. Like, the funniest, the the funniest part of the anime though is, this is spoilers, but he gets, like he gets multiple wives, uh-huh. and it's something like there's eight women who want to marry him, and he's like, oh, I'll have one for every day of the week. But wait, there's only seven days a week, and then one of the girls is like, don't worry, sir, in this world there's eight days a week. Yeah, <laughs> and I did get a no, genuine was, laugh out of was... that. I was like, oh come on. It- like, oh for what God. it's worth, it was the other way around. It was one of the girls going, uh, she goes, my limit is eight. I will allow you to have up to eight. And he goes, okay, but why eight? She goes, you can have one every day. And he's like, there's seven days. She's like, no, not here. Or yeah, same thing. But, but yeah, the, that made me the laugh joke really still hard. got through, and it was pretty funny. Hmm. Was it? So, like, there's there's stuff to enjoy if you're looking for it. Um, there's there's plenty to to have an issue with if you're looking for it. I'm I'm not expecting to change anyone's mind on this. I just I I can see how it's like mediocre, maybe bland-ish, I guess. But like people were talking like it was the absolute worst thing they've ever read, and I just don't understand that. Well, I mean, there is sort of. Within the people in the book club who are reading it, I mean, like, most of them have read several light novels, but usually the th- out of the things that get, you know, like, official legal translations and are published mm-hmm. as physical books, there is a limited sample. 
so within the the ones that are actually getting published that these people are read because like right Zeno, you read a lot of like online fan translated things and a yes. lot of it is like absolute garbage right yes so that might be a pretty different person yeah that's probably a pretty different perspective because for these guys this is probably one of the less ambitious right. works that they've ever read because it's you know most of those never make it to actual legal publication the other the other thing i noticed about it is that um as far as I know, the book club only read the first volume. Yeah, that's and, correct. Like it gets a lot deeper and more interesting after that. But if you didn't like the first one, like it's not going to. It gets better if you liked it, but I don't know if the the content beyond what you've read would save it with as much as you got, you all hated it. So. Yeah, and they hated it a lot. I mean, that Requiem kid. I I I think he's out yeah, for like a blood feud. There's a reason I've been avoiding talking about it at every opportunity. We've had this fight already enough times. I'm so done with it. I mean, I'm not watching the anime. The anime might have fixed some of these issues. Luigi doesn't seem to think so. Eh. Fair, it wasn't the worst thing I've read. It wasn't even the worst thing we read in the book club. <laughs> what was, what was that? Could have fooled me. Zombie punching. Yeah. Oh. Another world zombie apocalypse is my problem. I was going to have to hurt you. It was like the worst thing I've ever read. Zombie punching. And that was, you know, there's Vikings fault. I'm coming for you, Viking. I want to <laughs> point out, I want to point out with as much god awful, just the absolute trash of the earth, uh, web novels and shit that I've read. I have yet to encounter anything worse than, uh, either of two English novels that I've read in the past. Both of them were school assignments. Like, even the trashiest, the trashiest Japanese authors are still better than these two that are supposedly hailed as classics. Well, now we gotta know. I think the problem with a lot of, particularly if it was any time before the past couple of years for, like, English original light novels, is that they're really, really derivative, and they're really derivative of, like, tropes. I'm, I'm not... I'm not talking about English original light novels. I'm talking about like actual novel novels, like books. Oh, okay. Like classic literature. There, there's, there's two books that just piss me the hell off. Uh, yeah, which two books? Um, Cat's Eye and Brave New World. I like Brave New World. I like Brave New World too. I could not. I stand also it. like Brave New World. I could, I could spend an entire podcast talking about why I don't like Brave New World and and what the consequences of not liking it were. And it's not neither here nor there. We don't have time. Yeah. So I do want to I do want to move on to another show that has some mixed opinions in the chat. Um, I think that a few episodes ago, that uh, podcast friend and regular editor slash member, uh, that's my pizza, had his say about this. But I figure we've got uh, Luigi in here. We've got myself in here. It's uh, several more episodes in. We can have another discussion about the detective is already dead. So, um, I mean, the title just really—I mean, it keeps—it holds the cards really close to its chest. So, (laughs) could I get a summary about what it's about, really quick, Luigi? Well, there's a detective, and she's dead already. What? Spoilers? No. I don't. Um, That's spoilers. (laughs) So, yeah, it's about a guy. He's like a late teenagers, like eighteen or so. He's prone to getting into like strange situations, and one of these situations is meeting 
a detective who goes by the name Siesta. Um, and she's pretty, she's a Mary Sue type character. She is pretty entertaining. Um, and her and uh, main character become partners. There's some romance. Um, and the show jumps back and forth between the present or spoiler alert, the detective Siesta is already dead and the past Whoa. where it explores their adventures together. And you like this show, correct? Or how do you feel about it? I, these, these yeah. Days? So I was, I was thinking about it today, actually watching the newest episode. I really, really liked the first episode. Um, yeah. It was like a double length premiere. Um, and I, I just liked the animation and the directing and, I thought it was a like a tight paced story, and then the next few episodes happened, and I was like, "This isn't <laughs> as good." And then the the idol arc happened, and I was like, "Oh, this is really not good." Um, <laughs> but I've kind of come around on the show, and I think what's helped me come around on it is that um, I've stopped looking at it as like. Uh, like a Sherlock Holmes actual detective story where you're supposed to solve the mystery along with them. And I'm, I've just treated it more as like a light sci-fi, almost like action adventure globe trotting story. And I think that's helped me enjoy it more. Like just not, just not think about the show as much and just go along with it. Um, yeah. So I've become, I'm still pretty tepid on the show, but I don't hate it as much anymore now that I've kind of changed my mindset around it. I feel like for me, like on, you know, with that idea of sort of not treating it as a mystery show and focusing on kind of just the sci-fi globe trotting sort of elements, like one of the biggest issues that, that I've had with, so I, I read, cause I've, I've read the original um, light novel and I also watched this anime. Um, and I just felt like, it wants to be a mystery show and it wants to be a sci-fi drama and it wants to be a rom-com and it takes genuine efforts to achieve all of these things i think that what and i i don't think it really does a good job at maybe it's okay at the rom-com part but it's i really don't think that it's particularly good at the sci-fi drama or the written um, definitely not the mystery part and so I feel like that like if it was if the mystery was truly just sort of like window dressing that would be one thing but I do think that it tries to commit and is just not successful at committing to that as well as the sci-fi drama too it, to me yeah, like, I don't think it's a sorry, sorry go ahead Requiem no I was just gonna say to me it's like triple x the return of xander cage the anime like it's <laughs> she's like a super you know, special agent spy and she has ridiculous abilities you and other, she shows shows up to save her kidnapped uh sidekick who's kidnapped by a character that everyone acts like we know who they are even though she's never been introduced and she shows up with a mech because of course she does i'm like just i fucking love this show yeah hold up so hold hold hold, fucking up, mess. hold up what there's a mech too like i already she just shows up with a mech she just hold rolls up. through a fucking I... door with a mech I, it's I never explained. Thought, I already thought this was. You never explained the mech. God damn it! I already thought this was ripping off a Sarah Cryan before you got to the mech. It is. It is. It kind of reminds me of a Sarah Cryan a little bit. Is that it doesn't know what genre it is, so it's just all right. the genres. It, it sounds like a much worse uh, 
Asura crying, except like not even managing to be as gloriously trashy. Oh uh, no, I'm really enjoying it. Like I don't think it's like friend pizza on the previous podcast. Like I don't think it's as bad as he says it is. Like I think it's still watchable, and if you're in the right mindset, enjoyable. It's definitely not great. Um, I think the show would be better if it was more self-aware about what it is. Because it tries yeah. really, really hard to get you to buy into everything. Now, I, see, I thought if it, if just, it like, was more self-aware, if it was if it was leaning into these things more, it wouldn't be as funny. Because it's, it's like it's striving to be these things and failing, and that's what makes it funny. <laughs> Rex just here for the glorious fire. I just think Requiem, you like Requiem likes his B movies, so it it reminds me of of Big Order, in, where every episode I'm like, "What the fuck just happened?" I feel like Big Order though is is more extreme. Like, oh yeah, yeah, this it's, it's not as it's not as gloriously bad as Big Order. Was. Nothing will ever like, touch Big Order. Big Order sits think, upon the throne. Yeah, so it's it's, it's it's half decent order. It's you know not quite Big Order. It, I, I don't know. Medium I medium actually order. think it's, it's medium order. I think it would be better. Like I agree with Luigi. I think it would be better if it truly leaned into these things because I think that it's trying to be like like the vibe that I get particularly with the book, but I did still get it a bit with the anime is that I really feel like it's trying to be like prestige television and it's so awful at doing that. <laughs> and I I do like the story structure of like like how did the how did Siesta die and we're going back and yeah. forth between time periods? I think that's a cool technique that we we've seen in other shows, anime or otherwise, that is that, like that just did interesting. It yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> like, and I, I wish this show did it better. Yeah, no, I agree. Like that's one of the reasons why I was so excited when I first kind of found out about it, and that's why I bought the books. I was like, oh, this sounds really interesting, and I kind of assumed that I would like it. And then I, you know, started reading, and I was like, "Oh no, I, I do not care for this." So, Luigi, I want to ask if you agree with me on this. Are you enjoying the ep- episodes? Anytime he's with Siesta, the show seems a lot better than when he's not. Yes, like this current arc we're on right now is with him and Siesta and like a little girl. It's like way more enjoyable than the idol arc ever was. Yeah, the flashbacks with him and Siesta work way better than him and you know not siesta i i do actually think the like the rapport written between uh the main character and siesta is like pretty good um it's it's at least more interesting than the rest of the show so i think yeah just needs to be better overall but it has good qualities it has just as many bad qualities so it's not terrible it also felt to me, um, and this was something. So I was originally going to write like an an, impress, an impressions article for this, but I couldn't uh, get the pen to paper enough to like. I, I don't know. I just I just struggled with um, completing it, and so I don't think it's it's kind of on the back burner, and I don't really see it ever getting completed. But something that really struck me about the series is so there's five novels out right now. The first novel came out in, I think it was July of 2019. So that comes out in July of 2019. And then the anime is announced about a year and a few months later. 
and was it even July? It might have been even. It might have been even later than that. Let me think about this. No, actually, sorry, it was November of 2019 because July would have meant that it would have qualified for the previous um, Kono Light Novel Gasugoi Awards. So it was in November of 2019. So it was literally a year after the first light novel came out, the anime was announced, which means that this thing was in the talk, was in talks for an anime within a couple of months, probably, of the first book getting published. And when I read the books, the structure and the way, like, uh, so the structure of the chapters and just the way that everything is framed, it felt sort of like a very, like, cynical media project. Like, it was created with the intention of getting an anime and I think that the release schedule sort of supports that potential idea I mean obviously I don't have proof that that was you know exactly what was going on but it just felt it felt like one of the more cynical anime productions that I've seen in a while because it really seemed like this was something that was trying to cash in on a lot of different ideas but was not really committed to really developing any of them yeah it, so you it feel like he, he like wrote a, he wrote a thing to make to get an anime is what you're saying yeah, yeah it feels like I it think feels so. like, a, a pro, like a product more than like yeah a, it does like legit it feels work. like a product it and it's weird because it seems like it's trying to be sort of artsy right like it's trying to be that prestige television but it's it's also trying to cash in on you know, make on having an anime production and being, you know, like a popular series. And it doesn't seem like the author is interested in truly doing what prestige television, at least good prestige television does, which is really cat, you know, go when you have a theme, like truly develop it and care about the, the things that you're focusing on instead of trying to do all these different things at once and not really managing to successfully handle any of any individual one all that well uh, he's like it kind of reminds me of every comic re- that's written by mark millar uh he only writes comics that are essentially just pitches for tv shows or movies <laughs> yeah let's say it, it, it does feel like that to me yeah i still so, like it what about what about um kageki shoujo uh luigi you've been enjoying this one correct Ooh, yeah, this is my favorite show of the season. Um, I read, I've read, so it, it got like a, like a prologue manga that's two, two extra length volumes long, and now it's getting um, like its regular publication. Um, so I've read that, and I'm reading it as it comes out, and the anime is a really, really stellar adaptation. Um, it's about the a fictionalized version of the Takarazuka like review, like the famous Japanese like stage um like stage performance, all female stage performance. Um yep. review Starlight tackled the same subject, but it's more of a grounded, realistic look at the girls who are in the school to be a part of this review. Um mm-hmm. And it's just, it's funny and it's heartfelt and it doesn't shy away from like taking like a hard look at the lives of these girls and the struggles they go through, which includes some pretty uncomfortable topics. Um, but it always keeps everything really genuine and empathetic, and it's just a really really damn good time. Um, it's it's a good 
it's a real it's a real yeah. good show. So I know there have been like critiques of the show from other people in the annotate community. What sort of criticisms do you usually hear about it? Um, there's been a lot of uh, it's mainly focused around a couple key scenes um, with the backstories of a couple of characters. One girl suffers some pretty major abuse from her uncle um, that it shows mm-hmm. obviously not everything on screen, but it shows enough to make intentionally make the viewer uncomfortable. Um, and this is kind of a spoiler in episode five. It's revealed that one of the girls has an eating disorder and is uh, bulimic. Um, and it also doesn't shy away from that. And it shows how her teacher is uh, like ca- is ca- causing it and making it worse by being just a real piece of shit to her. Um, so I think that depiction has rubbed some people the wrong way and made them feel like maybe it was too much or that they didn't handle it with enough sensitivity. Um, from my perspective, I think it was handled quite well. Um, and it's informed the backstories of the characters and who they are, um, their relationships with each other. Uh, there's two kind of main girls in the show and the one who had the abuse by her uncle in the past, it informs why she is simultaneously afraid of and hates men. Um, so it just feeds into everything. Um, I, I appreciate it because I feel like if the show didn't tackle those topics, it wouldn't be more. It wouldn't be true to life. Like if it painted a sunny picture of the Takarazuka review, I feel like that wouldn't be yeah. like a great look for the show or the manga. Um, yeah. Right. So if it was because it's kind of having the more down to earth, realistic portrayal, it would be really weird within that realism for there not to be the, you know, the dark underbelly, I guess, of the real life sort of, you know, things that those characters might go through if it would actually happening. Right. And because the show still presents itself as pretty, like it's a, it's a lighthearted show for the most part. There's a lot of humor and like, it's drawn brightly and the characters are all animated really like bubbly. Mm-hmm. So those darker moments really stand out, which, again, I think is an intentional artistic choice and narrative choice that I think pays off and will continue to pay off as the show continues. Mm-hmm. If you compare no, it to no. something like Review Starlight, which tackled the same subject, I would almost say that Review Starlight um, paints it in a, paints this process in a more... Uh, rose-colored light because it takes a much more fantasy approach because it's more of an action show um but it's more concerned about deconstructing those tropes within the review whereas kageki shoujo is more of just here's how it is let's use fiction to talk about it i almost feel Mm. like review starlight should have come out after this one just because um Review Starlet feels like a cross between this and uh, uh, Revolutionary Girl Lieutenant. Yeah, it it definitely is, and it uh, takes a lot mm-hmm. of like visual and narrative cues from Utena. And Utena itself was um, influenced by the uh, Takarazuka review. Yeah, yeah. Lots. I think lots of shows have been. 
Right. I think Utena's director is like right hand man was his was the director in his like directorial debut of review starlight so that would make yeah, sense. yeah kind of like his that makes sense yeah uh, yeah like his understudy or like assistant which makes yeah. sense mm-hmm. it's definitely like i've seen review starlight and yeah it handles i mean it's 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 much more abstract than it sounds like kageki mm. shoujo is so yeah i mean there's there's worse things to be copying so it's also funny because Kageki Shoujo is by the same studio who did uh, Just Because from a few years ago and Gamers. Oh yeah, which I oh, know God, are both popular. I know are both popular shows around Anite. I, I love, love I love, bo- so I love both those shows. So Gamers was so bad. Hit. I loved it. I loved it so much. Uh, so this is just another hit from that studio for me. Like just because was good. I thought gamers. I wasn't a huge fan, but I thought the anime adaptation was good. I just, you know, I felt like the char- the misunderstandings between the characters were just a little bit too like absurd for me. Mm-hmm. My big problem with gamers was that it peaked at what was it episode six? But like, oh boy, what a peak! So what about um? I want to give. So I think Requiem and Right Center are both watching Spirit Chronicle, right? Yeah. Yeah. What do you guys think of this one? What is this one? Let's start. So with that. it's it's kind of a generic um, isekai harem trash, but it's <laughs> like decent. Um, a lot of people are pointing at the main character and going, "That's just budget Kirito." Except that, like, honestly, in a lot of ways, this is actually better than Sao. Yeah, you can't be budget Kirito because I don't hate him. Right. I mean, so, it's it's just it's an isekai. Like, I don't know if you've heard of this genre, but uh, he goes to another didn't world. Didn't you make this joke last time? I'll make this joke what every Tsukimichi? time. I'll make this joke every time. Oh, Except what's interesting about him is is that he has the memories of his previous life, but his personality isn't necessarily the same as the previous life. Right. The uh, the the body that he was born into has its own memories and motivations, and it is actually the primary personality. It is the one calling the shots. So it's a little different. It's it's more like being able to remember the memories of your previous life less than the same person carrying over to a different life. Right. Yeah. Other than that, it's, it's just it's just you know isekai stuff well executed. It's fun though. I re- I enjoy it. He's What's... reborn as like an adult in the other world. No, he's reborn as no. a child. Child. Okay. Um, he's he's reborn as an orphan who's uh, like his. I if I remember right, like his dad never came back. Uh, for like died as an adventurer real early on, and then like his mom raised him alone for a while. And then she got like brutally murdered right in front of him, and so he has sworn vengeance on the dude that did it. Yeah, he's also okay. from the fantasy world's very version of Japan. Yeah, so, so he's, ethni- this... he's ethnically different as well as being you know poor. So you've talked about the like the character a little bit, but what else like what makes this stand out from any other isekai? Oh, um, it's just it's it's got solid world building and. Uh... Well, one thing that's that's interesting is that they've just showed off. Um, there there is another reincarnator along with him that has already come up, but, um, actually, I don't remember if they've revealed this or not, so never mind. I, I, fe- yeah. I want to say he got, killed, the- he got killed on a bus, and so yeah. 
he's running into other characters who are also on that bus and got reincarnated. One of them is a young girl who doesn't really seem to understand what happened to her. Right, because mm-hmm. she was an elementary schooler in the other world and isn't very much older now. So she never really got the chance to, to figure out what the hell was going on. So she I mean, was an elementary schooler, but then she's now when they but they're not all the same age in the in the other world either then, huh? Correct. No. And she's a demi human. Okay. Which, you know. Of course there's it, fantasy racism. He doesn't, fantasy he racism. Doesn't, yeah. yeah, he doesn't add her to his harem though, right? Please say no. no. Uh no. not for lack of trying on her part, but no. No, she's too uh, young, yeah. Now, he the other thing is is like her he's, as a sister. He's a, one of those MCs. Is, he's very in control, like he's goal oriented. So he's not really paying attention to these females who have feelings for him. They do all it's, have feelings for him. It's, and like it's every not, aristocrat is an asshole. It's always one. It's like right. it's not like I said. We're not re, we're not rewriting you know the Bible here. Right. He's he's not um, dense. He is actually fully aware that several women are after him. He is just deliberately ignoring them. Because he he is prioritizing his revenge above all else. Yeah, like like when we did the when we did the collab of our recent arguments, like I didn't vote for it, and no one else voted for it. No one brought it up, but no one's going to talk about it being bad either. It's just very watchable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. It's it's like the 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 buttered popcorn of anime. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm not, I guess I'm not like sold on like oh i definitely want to watch this but it doesn't sound like egregiously like terrible either <laughs> if you like there's... anime if you like isekai like me and rate do you're gonna like yeah. it if you don't like isekai this will not change your mind if if you um, really want to be sold on it talk to me after the podcast because there's some stuff coming up here soon that's going to throw some really interesting wrenches in the works but i don't want to spoil things that haven't showed up yet in the anime so what about so i want to change gears here Mm-hmm. and talk about another show, The Honor Student at Magic High School. So for those, for those of us that, oh, baby. that, do, not, yeah, that do not know, um, this is... So for the irregular at Magic High School was a very anime that existed in 2014, and it got a sequel, I guess, and a very famous light novels, and we've got mm-hmm. Wright Zeno, the resident historian of The Irregular at Magic High School here. And this is... Starting from the beginning of the light novels, it's originally a manga that's now being adapted into an anime, but it's from yes. the perspective of the sister Miyuki instead of Tatsuya. So mm-hmm. it's sort of like that, like, you know, when Twi- the Twilight author was like writing a book from the perspective of like the vampire boyfriend instead? It kind of feels like that to me. Excuse me, his name's Edward. Get it right. Edward, yeah, Edward. <laughs> Edward and Jacob. Edward and Jacob. It was uh they were writing it from the perspective of Edward. Did she ever publish Hashtag that? Team Jacob. Hashtag Team Jacob. Yeah, did. What was it called? It was called like like new, new It doesn't I, matter. It yeah, really doesn't sun? matter. I don't know. But this feels like this feels like that. Like you're getting the same story but from the perspective of the other side of what I'm going to call a tense romantic pairing. So the, they did the, the same thing, about, thing with love and Chinubio and other delusions too. They did, you know, from her perspective. The, yeah, they did anyway, too. The, the big yeah. thing about this um, specific version of it, um, they started with a, uh, an excerpt from a volume that is actually a prequel volume that obviously took place before they entered high school. And, um, 
from there they went into stuff that we have already seen with only slight differences because it's mostly focused on her rather than him. But um, with this this last episode and a bit of the the one before that, we're finally getting into the real meat of why this series, this spinoff, exists at all. Because mm-hmm. now we're we're getting into actual like new characters that were never introduced in the original because Tatsuya didn't fucking care. I think if you'd ask the show, the real meat of the show is okay, the yeah, frequent I, girls. It pans okay, over so at I, every I possible spoke. opportunity. Yes. The real meat of the show seen, is the meat of the show. I have uh, never yes. seen a, a show that purports to be about a female protagonist and her female friends that has such a heavy male gaze. Oh my god, it's ridiculous. Miyuki wasn't in her underwear as often in the original show. No, literally. Yeah, it, it, what is it? Um, the ED the, isn't the ED just a pan of her in yes. her underwear? underwear yeah. The, the the show just cannot keep the camera out of Honoka's tits. It can't. It is That's incapable. Fine. She is she not son. Very, she is second best. Very girl. good. Mm-hmm. Who's first? Shizuka. Shizuka. Who's that? Shizuka is the the the, the, the Kudera. Oh, she, well, obviously she sucks. I don't even remember oh, who she was. I love her. My favorite character. <laughs> she you should can win. get right out of here with that. Yeah, you can go fuck so, her. I, I I think I reviewed like the original manga for Takeoban like five years ago, and I, don't, I haven't seen the anime, but I just remember like the manga was a very like felt like a low budget manga and what i mean by that yes. is that oftentimes when light novels get manga adaptations what they end up having is you know like the character designs will mm-hmm. usually be decent but easy to draw you know yes. like not super detailed and then there will be like almost no backgrounds in most of the manga panels and that's um, when you're like okay this is this is sort of like it's a light novel adaptation. They're not putting a whole lot of effort into this. And this manga felt like that for me when I was reading it. So the manga of Irregular is actually a really special case that I'm not sure I've seen anything else do in that um, the light novel separates every like two or three books as an arc, a story arc with a distinct start and end. So um, it actually has, you know, subtitles of, you know, such and such arc, such and such. There was the visitor arc recently that we got the anime adaptation of. Um, but the manga adaptation of the main light novel series actually has a completely different artist for every single arc. You do that for ReZero, too. And I feel like they just gave it to effectively the lowest bidder? Because, mm. like, they, they vary wildly in art quality. Like yeah, they, they, I think they've done that for a few others. I know they did that for ReZero. I think they've done that for a couple of other ones as well. Like, there's there's ones that, that have a similar story structure in the novels that uh, the the manga has had the same artist throughout the entire run. Like, um, Bookworm. Bookworm separates itself into, into arcs like that, and it's, as near as I can tell, it had the same author from what I remember, the, the same mangaka. For the for the manga adaptation, I mean, it's got to be a pretty easy manga to write. It's just page after page of Onichan. Oh my god, that is pretty uh, much know, what the manga was. You know, yeah. honestly, she has said Onichan about half as much as I expected her to so far. This anime, I yeah, really well. she's not even on screen. Much worse. Yeah, it, the bar is through the floor on that one. I know. <laughs> I think that- 
Um, I think the it, biggest problem with the irregular universe is that it's way it's so like aggressively centered on Tatsuya that I was actually really looking forward to this because I was like, ah, time away from Tatsuya. He's still in this so much, and because it's from Miyuki's perspective, it still feels like he's in it so much because it uh, she wants about... him and her so much. Yeah, can we talk about <laughs> the scene where she murders him? And he yeah, just she just that was casually, funny. She casually just actually fucking goes off and kills him. Literally kills him. And then he he gets back up because of course he does. He's fucking a total bullshitter. That, that fucking and reboot thing is like of all the bullshit things he does, like shoot. Yeah, or, that one. That I miss a shoot a boat there. out with like a gun from a thousand miles away, and like have his flying ninja Batman suit. The one that's the most bullshit is the I can't die because I reboot from a previous copy. Yeah. That's part like, that scene she, is when Miyuki's like, oh, and this is just sibling roughhousing. Right, yeah, We're just she playing. murders him and, and him. plays it off like it was just, you know, roughhousing. Like, are you kidding me? It was I a prank. I took it too far. I'm like, you mean when you killed him? And he, he like, gets up and, and smirks at her like it was no big deal. Like, what the fuck, you guys? Oh, you froze me to death again. Yeah. It, it, it Like, that's not how slapstick works. Not, not here. <laughs> Um, Do you remember when Akane used to murder Ranma in every episode? It was great. <laughs> and the other, the other thing that I wanted to point out is that it feels a lot like um, Persona for the Golden animation, where oh, um, that's not that bad. Oh no, not not the bad part. The, what I'm talking about is that it feels like a New Game Plus run in that they are primarily showing uh, the new stuff, but they're still showing just enough of the old stuff that you know where you're at in the timeline. Yeah, right now we're in the the, the festival nine arc. Schools, yeah, the nine schools competition. Uh, Honoka wears oh, yeah. a tight tight uniform for the whole show. Yeah, arc. Oh yeah, I mean, uh, are you complaining? No. no did I sound like I was? <laughs> so what about um, um? There's another. I wanted so one more show that I wanted to talk about today before we move to our news section. It's like Jehisama, right? Or whatever. You got yeah. who's watching this one? I think Rec and I are. Yeah. And okay. I have read the manga as usual. All right. Uh someone tell me about it. How about uh Requiem tell me about it? What is this? Uh uh Jahisama or I pronounce it. Um You think I know how to pronounce it cuz I say her name 100 times and I still can't quite grasp it. Uh she's basically a the the demon lord's uh right-hand man or girl in this case. Uh, gets her ass beat by a magical girl, and when the scene that fucking killed me, because she just walks by here and smashes like the big crystal that I guess powers magic in their dimension, and she gets booted to our world where she's stuck sometimes in the form of a child because there's no magic here. Obviously, it's kind of like mm-hmm. a female version of De- the devil's a part timer, only she's not competent like the devil in that show. She's kind of an idiot. It shows more has like... huge bully energy. It's got huge bully <laughs> energy, but it's just it's the first that the second half of the first episode was her desperately trying to not pay her rent, and that sold me on the show because it was fucking hilarious. Um, it feels more like um, Josh and Chan dropkick, but alcoholic. Oh, it's very it has very big Josh and Chan energy, and I was a huge same with like that same with like Gabriel Dropout. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, especially just... since Jahi Jahi is voiced by um, the girl who voiced Satanya, 
in that show, <laughs> which explain which explains a lot because mm-hmm. Satanya is like the most bullied character in anime. I mean, you have to like if, if you're the kind of person who doesn't like jokes where there's a lot of yelling, where they like you yell to sell the punchline, you're not gonna like the show. But if you're with that kind of humor, yeah, well, no, no, not like Black Clover. That's yelling everything. This is just yelling <laughs> the punchline. But there's like you know somebody does something and somebody yells a reaction. Um. I, I want to point out that when this was being, the, when the manga of this was being fan translated, the credit page for every single chapter was her crying into a beer mug <laughs> in her child form. It's uh, really, really funny, though. It's really funny. It, it was such and a, and of course, it's completely subjective because it's humor. Every it's chapter. really funny. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm. I, I would say watch this show and see if you think it's funny. That's all I can say. I was really worried about this show because her adult form, like she's like blazing hot, super hot. Yeah, to to put it frankly, and her like <laughs> um like her cost or her like clothes she wears are really yeah she she's like, wearing skimpy. a uh, hot villainous costume. Yeah, yeah. So so I was worried that it was going to be like a super etchy show and that was going to take away from the humor, but it's actually like I wouldn't call it whole like full on wholesome, but it's like. It's, it's you a barely even notice the the titillation. What yeah, and there's left. there's not much of it. Like there's much less male gaze in this show than there is um, honor student. Like um, let me put it this way: it's it's it tends to have less suggestive animation in it and less suggestive framing in the manga than even like Maid Dragon. Yeah, yeah. despite the fact that her boss has gigantic tits, right. <laughs> I love her character. Just, My favorite character is a landlord, though. Oh, yeah. I just looked, uh, looked the manga up, and actually, as soon as I saw the cover, I was like, oh, I've seen this in the stores. This one's made the rounds. I think it's fairly, or at least popular enough to get featured in some places. Good. It's a riot. It is absolutely Highly hilarious. recommended. When yes, I watched the first it's episode, really, it's I was really like... Fucking funny. When I watched the first episode, I was like, this has big Requiem and Kinksy energy. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> we were the only ones who liked Josh and Jan too. Yeah, I remember that. I remember that. I need, watch, I need to watch that one. Yeah. Oh, it's great. Same. It has one of the great, like, uh, callback jokes of all time in it. But it's big. It's got you know. It's a big dumb idiot who keeps getting her comeuppance, and that will always mm-hmm. be funny. All right. I think that we're ready to talk a little bit about the news of the week. So let's go ahead and move into the news section. News of the week. It's the news. Yeah. Thank you, Requiem. I'm going to ask you for one more favor here. I'm going to ask you to introduce our first news story of the week. Okay. This is the big one, everybody. We've all been waiting for this. So Crunchyroll has been purchased by Sony, owners of Funimation. So you now have one choice in your streaming anime, unless you're one of those losers who likes High Dive. I love High Dive. Yeah, they've acquired it for $1.175 billion, which I was quite surprised that they ended so up getting they. it $4 billion. Yeah, so they were quite surprised. And we just recently learned this also does include VRV. So now as a consumer, good luck. Mm-hmm. I remember when they were like when someone was trying to buy it a while ago and it was like 1.08 billion like just barely 1 billion and then they were like oh it's too much money and now suddenly the valuation Did is like almost 2 billion it's still Didn't too much the, money. when the first time it happened wasn't there some sort of antitrust issue there Yeah like, but they, they cleared they it they brought up they yeah. cleared the department of justice cleared the merger which 
I mean, it's a complete reduction in, in a already very limited market. It's really right. bad for uh, the studios who aren't going to get bid, uh, you know competitive bidding for their shows yeah. anymore. It's bad for the animators, therefore, because there's less money. It's bad for consumers because whenever there's not competition, there's stagnation. The only people it's good for is Sony. Yeah. I think that... Um, so, and I definitely agree with you guys. I kind of imagine that when they were, you know, challenged as like an antitrust sort of thing, that like whatever, you know, government bureaucrats were looking at it were just like anime is not industry. You know, they're just like, oh, right. it's just just like a yeah, subgenre of TV. So they're technically competing with Netflix. And so therefore this is not a monopoly. Yeah. Like, I assume that that's the a, logic. That is exactly why the FTC cleared it. Uh, yeah, like... I want to point out that this is the, the, the FTC under, what was it, Ajit Pai? Yeah. Yeah, like that. that they cleared it because they're like, but there's all these other streaming services out there with no understanding of how specialized it is. Right. Yeah. Uh, what a mess. It's not great. It's not it's, great. It's like, really bad. It's a, uh, like, we obviously nothing bad has happened yet, and we're just, we're making assumptions, but I don't see any way this works out well. No. I'm sort of hoping they go back to the model where like everything is subbed on Crunchyroll and everything is dubbed on Funimation. It was really great that to was just like have one era. service. That was yeah. pretty cool. It was like the era of good feelings throwback to um, my boy James Monroe. They have mentioned that they're not shuttering either service just yet, though. A, who knows how long that's going to be a thing, and B, if they're even telling the truth on that. But that also doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to um, segregate the content like that, like like we would like them to, because obviously that makes it easy for for people who like one or the other to make the choice. Yeah, I pray that they keep the crunchy role like player and stuff, because Funimation's player has always been infinitely worse than anything that so Crunchy Roll's given. It's so freaking bad. God, Crunchy Roll's is usually to, like pretty good. I always felt like Crunchyroll's is pretty good. Yeah, like I historically. cannot be optimistic on that. I just can't. I'd love to. I don't think it's going to happen. I think they're going to fuck you over. I'm just interested really think, to see where okay, this all I goes. Would genuinely, I would genuinely be surprised if they got rid of Crunchyroll's like player and the the stuff that they developed. Because Crunchyroll's got, I mean, they're rolling out like the new beta of the site and all that stuff. I would be surprised if they just got rid of all that. I would I would genuinely be very surprised. I mean, the thing is, what they're going to do is whatever the fuck they want, and what are you going to do about it? Right. Yeah. That's the problem. It's hard to vote with your wallet when there's only one person on the ballot. Mm -hmm. The anime industry was already in some serious trouble because it's just, like, incredibly exploitative in Japan. Yep. And this is only going to make it worse. Yeah, Kadokawa is still going to do a 40 anime a year and everything. So, Yeah. Wait, so VRV becomes owned by Sony too? Am I yeah, yeah, according to this, it's part of the acquisition. Okay. So I guess VRV maybe will stick around. Maybe Funimation goes back in VRV. I don't know. Uh, we, I mean, we haven't really been told any of the details because obviously we don't matter in any of this business decision in any way, shape, or form. Is Verve even that popular? I, we don't have it in Canada, and I don't think it's available outside of the states, so I have no idea. I think it's pretty what it's, niche. What it's like? It's fairly niche. I mean, you have. I mean, if you wouldn't get it just to watch animes, then you could just get the individual service. So you'd have to really be into like Rooster Teeth or Mondo. Yeah. 
Now, I feel like it is that narrow slice of people who like both Crunchyroll and Rooster Teeth. Like, that's sort of the audience. And, like, I, I, I don't have it because I don't care about anything other than Crunchyroll. Like, if for you really, part, really want to watch um, My Hero Academia and Red vs. Blue. Like, yeah. for my part, what the fuck is Rooster Teeth? You don't know what Rooster Teeth is? No, I have no clue. Man, they make, they, like, Ruby and Red vs. Blue and stuff like I, that. Machinima, I, I you ever heard that? I think I've heard those names before. RWBY. You know WRBY. Nope. RWBY. I mean, oh, I, I know, really? I know it exists. I know nothing beyond that. Okay. They're like they were a YouTube channel out of LA. Well, there's that, your and problem. That, that like grew into huge like network I, kind of. Pretty much yeah, managed to avoid anything YouTube based. And I feel like I'm happier for it. I've always thought YouTube is the best of the social media platforms. Mm-hmm. Actually, TikTok is, but... TikTok. <laughs> yeah, but you're a TikTok teen, Luigi. Friendster, I sure yeah. am. You guys haven't seen my Pinterest. <laughs> I would love to see a Requiem Pinterest page. <laughs> it's fucking awesome. We'd just yeah, all no, be Traeger smokers. Feels like it's probably not safe for work. I'm, I'm all... afraid of your Pinterest Requiem. Yeah, it's all, you know, meats, you know, smoking meats and... Uh... Hentai. So, <laughs> okay. So, so now clearly, kind of smoking I, meat. clearly, I exactly. need to make a rival Pinterest. <laughs> smoking hentai and and meats. Burnt meat. No, just yeah. cooking and hentai. You guys should uh, check out my MySpace page. I think Ray, you uh, you're still under the terms of the plea agreement not to do any cooking. Uh, wow. I I, I sure hope I didn't sign that. So what about, um, let's move to another, also sort of, I think this one's probably more just definitely unfortunate news. Uh, Right, Zeno, what's this next story? So um, there is, in Tokyo, we've got the Sega Ikebukuro Gigo Arcade, and it is permanently closing on September 20th. It has been open 28 years. It's an eight-story arcade building. It is freaking awesome, and it's dying. Um, at the same time, um, or rather, uh, that was announced like a week and a half ago, um, but on Friday, Squeenix just announced that its Square Enix Cafe in Osaka is also shutting down on August 31st. And they didn't say why, but the one in Tokyo is continuing. So it's mm-hmm. a little bit odd that, like, um, Sega's shutting down its cafe and its arcade, sorry, in Tokyo, and uh, Square Enix is shutting down its cafe in Osaka, but Square Enix is keeping the Tokyo cafe open. Like, what? What happened well, imagine, there? Imagine um, on the Sega arcade situation. So Ikebukuro is, like, center of Tokyo. It's on the central uh, loop. So it's a major area, and it's an eight-story building, so the cost was probably, mm-hmm. like, crazy expensive, like, just and rent alone. With, and with COVID, nobody's been able to come in there and play and spend right. money, more importantly. So it's they been just like, got hosed. Yeah. Um, it's been, like, a year and a half, too. So, this, yeah. this isn't the first um, major Sega arcade closing this year. I think that the, the Sega Sammy place was a different place, wasn't it? 
Yeah, the one the one in Akihabara closed too. Yeah, it's it's not a great year for I am me. I am extremely upset that both of those have closed before I could go see them. Yeah, it yeah, is that's a shame. I'm sure that there's there's still are big arcades that are open. Um, right. I think that Sega's arcades are quite large and in really expensive real estate, and so they're mm-hmm. really getting hit pretty hard by this. But I would Which be really shocked if if like because Japan has like their arcade culture is alive and well. It's the 1980s mm-hmm. over there in that respect. Yeah. Well, and like we use "it's a shame" really sarcastically around here, but I am genuinely chagrined that that this is happening. I am really actually sad for this. Um, yeah. Because I. Like I grew up with arcades. I I went to several growing up, and like they have they have faded out here in the states. And you know, it's it's there's always been that possibility that maybe if I you know finally go over to Japan at some point, that I would be able to experience it. And it looks like that that possibility may be drying up. I think like I think that they will. So unfortunately, these are some really big ones, but mm-hmm. I'm I'm almost certain that there will still be an interest in arcades and that some of them will make it through. So I'm sure if we, if you go to Japan, we'll, we will find you an arcade, right, Zeno? My issue is that I would rather have an arcade that actually has, like, and this, this is going to be get-off-my-lawn bullshit, but I would, I'd prefer to have an arcade that still actually has what I consider arcade games rather than pachinko machines, which is going to be tougher to find. So if it's... So pachinko parlors, like are not even really thought of as arcades at all. So they're kind of like, in, a, in, the, in okay. people's minds, they're like separate categories. So like, okay. um, all right. and yeah, they, uh, unfortunately, the pachinko parlors are doing just fine because it's gambling. Of and course so, you know, are. people mm-hmm. are going there even though they shouldn't be. Right. I mean, are, are, are you going to tell the Yakuza that they have to follow the mask mandate? Yeah. Um, then that's been a bit of a tough sell. I know in, in Osaka, what they did at one point um, because they can't force the businesses to close legally, but they started threatening, and the governor of Osaka said that he would publicly release the names of the pachinko parlors that were not following his request to the on on live television if they didn't obey him in like a week or two, which is something that actually has some weight in Japan. So that was interesting. So did it did it work? Did he have to announce names, or did they actually? Following. I I don't I don't know. I didn't I never saw the update to that, but I do think that at least some of them did actually close after that. Good. Yeah. It was a very like that's, Japanese that, approach to it though. It was kind Yeah, of but funny. that's also really ballsy. He's he's literally taking on several yakuzas there, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. He was the the Osaka it's it's weird because there's one dominant political party in Japan, mm-hmm. but in in Osaka the the governorship and the office of the mayor are both actually taken by candidates who are members of a local Osaka only political party. Hmm. hmm. So like they don't even have big national backing or anything. So that took a lot of stones. Yeah, yeah. So wow. and I, and I I don't know the exact specifics of the entire arrangement, but Osaka has always been a bit, let's just say it's a place where people who are from Osaka Really love Osaka. <laughs> mm-hmm. Still, color me impressed. Yeah. So, uh, Luigi, we've got another story, this time with some potentially good news, question mark? Oh, yes, this is definitely good news. So, 
everyone's favorite VTuber production company, the biggest in the world, Hololive, um, recently put out kind of a very ominous video um, that they just called Omen, hashtag Holo E-N Omen, which is Hololive English Omen. And they announced that Generation 2 of the Hololive English members are coming soon. Um, the theme is Omen this time. Uh, the, the Generation 1 uh, Hololive members were Hololive Myth. Um, they were all themed around <laughs> mythical creatures. Um, there was okay. a Cthulhu, a Phoenix, um, like a Megalodon shark, and Death itself. And then uh, Amelia Watson was the detective investigating them all. Um, so this theme too. Wow, I know, I know how that story goes. That girl is going <laughs> insane. You'd be surprised. She may be the least pure of all of them at this point. <laughs> um, so Gen Two um, is Omen, and it seems they're going for a more. Uh, abstract theme for the five members. They released right. silhouettes of all five of them, and they're all theorizing... like concepts. Um, if I remember yeah. right, one of them is like space themed, and one of them is a clock. Yeah, the the common theories are nature, space, chaos, time, and some sort of like knowledge or civilization. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> you got some deep based... dives here. Yeah. Um, so we don't know when. They're debuting, but it's probably pretty soon. They usually turn these things around pretty fast. Um, uh-huh. This is pretty huge news for the VTuber community. Um, Hololive English, in particular of all the Hololive branches, has absolutely exploded. The most subbed uh-huh. Hololive member, um, Gwargura, is an English member, and like twice the amount of subs as everyone else. So mm-hmm. this is many big, big news. How many does she have? Um, um, at least hundreds of thousands, if not millions, wasn't it? She's at, I'm just pulling it up right now. 3.22 million. Yeah, that's what and, I thought. And, she, and she's been, they've been debuted for just over six months, I believe. Yeah. Like I'm close only... to a, close to a year, maybe even, but an insane be growth. So much money. Like from the dude that just mentioned a little while ago that he avoids anything YouTube like the plague. Um, I am tangentially uh, aware of these through being in multiple communities that are obsessed with them, along with other things that I care about. So, like, yeah. I've gotten a lot of. Um, I've learned a lot about these uh, through osmosis without actually experiencing any of it myself. Yeah, they've and, taken over the weeb scene pretty heavily, I think. Yeah, they are enormous. They're absolutely everywhere. Um, they're they're they've also started getting actual like they've they've started getting cameos in like anime and video games and gacha games. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah two Hollow Life members appeared in the Detective is Already Dead, actually. Which was um, what? Which was the only reason several people were watching it, and they dropped it as soon as it was done. Yeah, yeah and the the ED for Jahi Sama is sang by three Hololive members. Um, a bunch of them, a bunch of the English members are on a tour, kind of like a virtual tour right now, to a mm-hmm. bunch of conventions. 
including some near me, which I haven't uh, decided if I'm going yet. But Disgaea Six came out uh, either earlier this month or sometime last month. It, it wasn't that long ago, but it has free DLC in it of uh, six VTubers. I think they're actually like Nijisanji Japan. I'm not certain. So are they? So the second generation, the first generation's not going away though, right? Like this is just no, a marketing no, push for around. the next set of characters. Yeah, yeah. This is yeah, yeah this expanding. is just the next next members. Yeah. Like the Japanese subset has they have different subdivisions. Um but there's five like number generations, I believe, but then there's like there's a gamers set and the music set and there's there's a, a males like because most of them are girls but there's a male generation so they just keep adding on and on and on mm-hmm. and i have to imagine that Hollow Live and like the bigger company cover corp is just making like yeah a disgusting amount of money most likely yeah. um i hope if the I... streamers are getting a good cut of it supposedly they're at least getting paid i don't know how much they're getting paid but like it's they're living um, yeah, I believe I believe it's like a like they're making some form of a salary plus a cut of all their super chats they do, which that's like the donations like during the stream. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, but the super chats are kind of fee because insane. YouTube t- YouTube takes a pretty good cut of those. Hollow Live takes a cut, um, but they some streams yeah. people donate like disgusting amounts of money, like hundreds yeah. of dollars crazy it is um, no this is pretty exciting i'm um, excited and i know lots of any team members are they actually put out a uh a recruitment tweet a while back for i think it was uh nijisanji english male division um they were recruiting um, new vtubers yeah i don't follow uh nijisani too much but they're kind of the other right group um because Hololive English also recently debuted, uh, like just a solo member who's singer focused. Like she's a singer first. Um, yeah, um, Iris wasn't it? Yeah, and that was exciting because it got our good friend of the podcast Deck into VTubers, like, in, like instant, <laughs> instantly. Like he watched her debut stream and he was like, "Oh no, I'm I'm obsessed now." Mm-hmm. She she oh, no. apparently Another has a, one. she apparently has an extremely wide appeal. Like she took off immediately, caught up with yeah. the rest of them overnight. Another yeah, one like, bites the dust. She's, she's got the singing stro- She's got the singing chops, and she does some gaming videos. Um, so it's all very exciting and very 2020, 2021 news. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Requiem, yeah, it, what do you think about this? I think you're all pathetic. <laughs> I, was, I was about to I don't, say... It, I, don't, I don't understand. It, it, it feels very much like something that, uh, you know, anybody who's listening, your dad will never understand this. Yeah. I, think my I haven't thing even is, tried explaining I, it to my parents yet. Yeah, I, I understand it, but I also, I definitely, I, I, I can't say that I care, but I do understand it. I get why people like them. Right. Like I'm, I'm really living like on the them. fringe. What of is it? what is the attraction? Chaos, absolute no, no. chaos. What what's the attraction to the VTubers? Like what what is it about hentai. them that people are like okay, but you can get hentai already. Well, it's yeah, like, but 
It, okay, but you... where else are you going to get um a a character actually doing a review of hentai of them? Mm. Luigi, why it's do you a, like it? Well, it's also like people like streamers nowadays. Um and it's yeah. they're, they're basically just streamers except they are a little more in character. There are a lot of like real life streamers who are in character too and just it's 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 another form of streaming basically it's mm-hmm. yeah. people i think I... people are attracted to like it feels a little more genuine than like a produced piece of video content because everything they do is live um right but at the same ju- time you can jump in and out but at the same time they're also missing a lot of the um imperfections and and facial tics and and whatnot that would turn a lot of people off of you know real real people so streamers i i feel that the the um surprise jump in popularity in vtubers are because they sort of capitalize on three different really big sort of fandom um mm-hmm. growth movements at the same time so streamers are huge right now and they're getting bigger and bigger and people love watching streamers People also love idols. Idols have been huge in East Asia for quite a while, and they're starting to get grow in popularity, especially with the growth of K-pop in the West. And anime is also really becoming a bigger and bigger thing in the West as well. And these are basically, I mean, the like these VTubers are a combination of all three at the same time, and they're really on. They're really active, and so I think that people who are into those kind of fandoms, I mean, this is like a godsend for them. They also started right about the time everybody got locked in their fucking houses. And yeah. like at least the English ones did. Right. Yeah, and, like the and thing we is keep that getting, like VTubers we keep getting in and out of that same state. Like uh you know, your your state suddenly goes back into lockdown over the summer or whatever. It it keeps happening. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree with all that. I know for myself, part of why I like VTubers is all the like fan creations and um like so every like every vtuber has like backstory to their character um but lots of that is like fan created and fan made based on like interactions with the chat or fan art that the vtuber like takes on and like runs with so there's this really interesting um like parasocial relationship between the streamer and their fans that you don't get to see in a lot of mediums because everything's so like produced um, mm-hmm. and you're getting a produced piece of content where this still has production values but since so much of it is live I think lots of fans feel like they're a part of the like media process and the art mm-hmm. process which I find really interesting um, to expand on that a little bit, um, in addition to lore and backstory and fan art and fan fiction, um, there's also a whole lot of just regular old audience interaction, which seems like it should be the same thing as a lot of streamers do, but a lot of streamers actually don't because they're busy doing whatever the hell they're doing. Um, the the VTubers spend, from what I've been able to understand of it, a lot of time, uh, A, the Super Chats is something that everybody sees when you're watching the stream. So you're interacting with not only the VTuber, but also all the other fans at the same time. Um, they also do a lot of Q&A, both just 
normal stream stuff and also directly through the super chats. Um, like they'll they'll you know bank a bunch of the super chats and they'll rapid fire read them off and respond to them. Yeah, and there are lots of days where because most of these girls play games first of all, like they play video games because that's what's popular. Mm-hmm. But there are lots who like their stream for the day is morning chat. Like they'll just stream for an hour or two and be like, "Come join me, let's chat," and mm-hmm. they just respond to people in the chat and they talk about whatever their day um and it's still in character so there's still right like there's still a certain removal like distance between it but it it feels like a pretty genuine piece of like media that you can consume um, um another, another there's also is... special about catching it all live you know mm-hmm. yeah um, that's where it reminds me of idols is those kind of aspects yeah. another thing is that a lot well, of it's like uh, idol streamers yeah, yeah, a lot of a lot of streamers yeah, okay. from from what I've understood loss. of them <laughs> having actively avoided them for most of my life. Um a lot of the streamers tend to be um solitary with regards to other streamers like they'll they'll maybe compete against them at best, but like there's there's not a whole lot of crossover content from what I understand between different streamers whereas these like each of the VTubers has their own individual fandom, but they also play off of each other really well. Yeah, and, and like so the, the fan bases uh, the fan bases kind of intersect and and multiply off of each other. Yeah, and like often part of the the interesting thing with like these generations that they do is that like, especially for Hololive English since well before there was only 5 of them, they would often do like collab streams with all 5 of them and those were like events and they treated them as events with like mm-hmm. they'd get tens of thousands of viewer concurrent viewers um i i i think people find something really special in that like they're watching something like not not tailored to them but it's like catching a live concert you know like you only get to see it once even though the video is uploaded later there's something special about seeing it live mm-hmm. yeah it's it's cool stuff so and, on that note, I want to yeah. keep the things moving because we are running out of time on this episode. So we have one more quick um, segment, if you will, that we're going to do before we wrap up today's episode, and that is our question of the week. So this week's question of the week is, what is one of your favorite manga that does not have an anime adaptation? So I'm going to throw this question first to Wright Zeno because I'm sure that he has a lot of different ones. If you had to pick one off the top of your head, what would it be? Um, if you had asked me this yesterday, I would have had a completely different answer for you. But this morning I discovered something absolutely batshit insane that mm. has just devoured me for most of the day I've spent reading this shit. Um, it's mm. called Dancing Respawn, and it is complete madness. Um, main dude is, uh, it's, it's kind of reminiscent of, uh, Beyond the Boundary in that the Mm. main dude is effectively immortal. Uh, every time he dies, he, he instantly on the spot wakes back up at the last place he slept. And, um, he, in, he saves this girl from being, uh, crushed under a pile of falling, like, rebar. Like, shoves her out of the way and, and smiles at her like a, you know, 
good thing it was me and not you, and obviously dies horribly, bloodily, messily. And, like, mm -hmm. you know, she's captivated by this, as you would expect. It's, a, you know, the, the ultimate suspension bridge effect. Except that, like, uh, the, the next day he goes to school and she has transferred into his class. And there's that initial, oh, hello, and oh my god, you're alive? Except that it turns out that she's not as surprised as she acted at first. Because, um... When he died, the paramedics that showed up to the scene were like, oh, it's this guy again. Because, like, apparently this is this is a known quantity. This isn't a surprise. So, like, she got his, some of his information from them and then, like, went to his house and talked to his mom and, like, went full-on stalker and is now a yandere. And... Um, over the course of their first conversation at school, she decides that it would be a great idea to just murder him. Oh. So she stabs him with a kitchen knife. And yeah, he, so it's, it's sibling roughhousing. Right? <laughs> but, like, every character they introduce is a different form of crazy, and, like, their their quote unquote love story is fucked up beyond all repair. It's amazing. Um, normally a series like this has a dedicated Tsukomi character, someone who is the straight man, the 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 common sense beacon, someone who can keep things in line. And this this series doesn't have one. There is nobody that actually has common sense. Everybody's nuts. So, like, when Tsukomis happen, it's whoever happens to have the, the, the strongest hold on reality at the moment, which changes from frame to frame sometimes. <laughs> and, like, the whole thing just flies completely off the rails all the time and snowballs. It is absolutely amazing. It sounds crazy. It is nuts. Okay, that's actually kind of interesting, though. I'd sort of like to see that get an adaptation. It it would definitely be interesting. Um, I'm not sure what they would do with the art style. It is, it, like the the artist is the author, and like he really needs an artist. He really <laughs> needs an artist. It, it so it's like One Punch of, Man. Uh, it's it's not quite that bad, but I also think it like doesn't deserve a Murata level. Uh, in either, so it's it's kind of in between. What about uh, what about you, Requiem? What would you like to see get adapted? Well, see, the problem is I don't read manga as a rule. Um, I read, I, I read lots of stuff. I don't read manga. Um, I don't read. I don't read manga just for time reasons. But I also like I I prefer to just watch anime on its own, and I don't want to think about its adaptation quality. Uh, so I was gonna say, like the last part of World God only knows because I never got animated and it's really fucking good. But uh, and this is Raid's fault. He sent me <laughs> a manga. It's called I can't. It's called basically the Family War or the Family Battle, depending on how you translate stuff. And <laughs> it's complete utter trash. But I've read the entire mm -hmm. thing that's available. <laughs> In like a week because it's it's just so it's like this family gets isekai'd. It's a guy and his stepmom and his two step aunts and they're all of course hot. And this guy uh -huh. like every problem he runs into he solves with either overwhelming magic power or his dick. 
It's fucking hilarious. He's like, he needs the king to send troops. So the solution is to like, you know, bang the queen and run off with her and then blackmail the king into sending troops. Like, that's just good shit. Oh my shit. god. That's just great. I lo- like, So I would love to see that. Somebody turn that into it. I mean, they, they animated a redo of Healer. They could, re- they could do this. Yeah, they did animate redo of Healer, so uh, uh, one does start to wonder what is not eligible healer. for an adaptation these days. Redo of Healer got a four-coma slice-of-life spin-off manga. Sure, why not? Mm. I, I what, why wouldn't you have a four-coma spin-off of the rape anime? I mean, I, what, like that's just a natural comedy. Natural, you know, reprogram a girl, change her appearance, and rape her. That's yeah. a natural setup for a comedy. I mean, I hate to say it, but I do think that that series has its niche, not just in like the, the incels of the West, but also there is a, a substantial fan base within the otaku light novel community in Japan as well. I want to say I read that um, Too far. a lot of its fan base is female, and it's like, why? Yeah, no, that's I, a real re- thing. I remember that, that, is a that real headline thing. too. Yeah, it's like 70% female or something like that. It's like overwhelmingly female. And that's what even more hell? concerning. Because this show is too far from me. Yeah. I was like, I, I, I've watched all kinds of fucked up shit, and that show was too fucking far. It was like, this is disgusting. The, the novel was entirely too far for me. Um, I read a couple chapters of the manga and was like, okay, no. I was hoping maybe they'd toned it down. Nope. 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 I think I watched like two episodes, and I was like, this is awful. I didn't even watch it. Which I'm thankful for every day. <laughs> yeah, no, you made the right choice there. Yeah. But I think, like, for for me, something that... And so this... I know that um, it's already gotten two anime seasons, but um, Kaguya-sama wants to be confessed to. Like, the the best arc of the manga is, like, volumes 14, 15, and 16. And a third season of the anime would probably get to at least like the climax of that arc and i'm like and, and one of the biggest critiques of of the anime when there is you know most people like it but there are some people who feel like the second season well it's a great adaptation it feels like it treads water and i think that most of those complaints would be non-existent in a theoretical third season which i i believe they've said that they're probably that they're going to make a third season yeah, but they it, haven't it really said when they're going to do it it would surprise me a lot if that didn't get a third season. It was hilariously yeah. popular. Um, there's also at least one spin-off manga of that that I am reading, even though I yeah, uh, there is. I fell off of the, the, the main story a long while back. Um, I think it was just because uh, it was fan translations, and it got the official translation, and it the, the fans stopped yeah. translating it. Fan, and but, the fan translations were pretty bad, too, because I way yeah. back when I used to... I used to read them as well, like way before I could read the. Uh, you know, uh-huh. I, mean, I didn't have really have Japanese ability, and it was. I remember like there were two different groups yeah. that were doing it, and the jokes were so different between the two groups that I'm like completely different. I don't, yeah, I don't think that either of these people really understand the original Japanese well enough to be doing this project. <laughs> right, um, but the the. The spin-off manga would actually make for an interesting uh it would probably be better as shorts because it's for coma, but it is definitely worth having around. Is it the one where like the two news girls are yes. like Yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking yeah, about. Those yeah, those idiots. They're if we're talking about a spin-off I'd like to see. 
There is one. I haven't read it yet. I probably won't read it. But Remake Our Life has a spinoff where it follows Kyoya and, and the redhead in the original timeline where he doesn't go back in time. Oh, yeah. You guys to... were talking about that. Yeah. And I, I, I love that idea. That. that is interesting. Yeah. I love the idea of mm-hmm. what happens if like, he had to live like a normal person and didn't get to go back in time and he had to pick himself up and keep going. I hope that gets a manga because I think that's a more interesting story, frankly. I'd love to read that. So what about you, Luigi? What would you like to see? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I had a couple. Um, there's an Anite favorite amongst like a few of us, Spirit Circle. Yes! Um, which is from the creator of Planet With, if you've seen Nobody that anime. That um, and more importantly, from the creator of uh, Lucifer and Biscuit Hammer. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Spirit Circle is really fucking good. I, I worry that an anime adaptation wouldn't do it justice. I think you'd need yeah. the right studio for it. Like, honestly, like a KyoAni level studio. Um, just because it's that good. Um, uh-huh. That was one I had thought of. Um, but the main one I was thinking of was a manga called City, which is from, I guess, the next manga from the creator of Nichijo. Oh, shit. Um, yeah, yeah, which, I remember that. Yeah. Um, ju- it actually just finished. Like, it had its last chapter in like February or March. Yeah, I didn't know that. Um, so I ha- I don't think all it's all been translated to English, but it was kept like keeping up pretty consistently. And it is like I haven't obviously read the Nichijo manga, but it is honestly just as funny as Nichijo. Um, so I would love to see Kyoani take a stab at that too um there's one volume i think it's volume four that has one of the best because every volume is pretty much its own little mini arc it structures itself there's a couple that are more snapshots but volume four Hmm. i think it's volume four is its own little arc and the payoff at the end of it is one of the best and funniest and just like one of the best payoffs I've ever seen in a manga. So I would love to see it get adapted for just that alone. Um, the, the the concept is basically it's Nichijo if it took place over a whole city instead of just in a school and starred like adults, teenagers, kids, old people. Like it's got a much uh-huh. bigger cast. Um, it's ridiculously... No, but there is an uh, there is an old grandma who likes to suplex people. All right, I'm in. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, there's a, there's like there's one whole volume that's just a citywide race, um, and of course it goes off the rails. It's very like slapstick, like that kind of classic ridiculous humor where nothing. It's it's, it's Nietzsche Joe humor where nothing really makes sense, but you go along with it because it's so funny. Um, yeah. So I'd love to see that get an anime because if Nichijo can get one, this deserves one. And I think it would just be huge hit because it's incredibly funny. So I think that about wraps it up for today's episode. We're, we're right at time, so this is actually perfect timing. Um, so thank you, everyone. Uh, once again, uh, Requiem, the Mama Luigi, and Right Zeno for joining me today. This was episode 13 of season 6 of the Annotate Podcast. Of course, uh, if you enjoy this podcast, be sure to rate us highly on whatever podcast service you're using. 
And if you're looking for more Annotate content, definitely check out the Annotate official blog on Medium. So thank you everyone for listening and we will see you guys next time. Bye. 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 First basket's the best. First basket's the best.